This is episode number 92 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your health care. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, it's Jesse jumping in here before we get started on today's episode. I wanted to let you know that there are only four tickets left for my in-person workshop called Postnatal Fitness Specialist Live that is happening local to me in Calgary, Alberta on November 17th. This is a one-day only event for fitness and health professionals and those with an interest in postpartum, pelvic health and exercise coaching. We will be together for six hours on November 17th in a small group covering practical movement, lecture and Q&A sessions all relating to topics about treating the postpartum person. When you leave Postnatal Fitness Specialist Live, my hope for you is that you will understand the differences between body image and body positivity, recognize diet culture, examine your anti-fat bias, and understand health from a privileged and white supremacist lens. You will understand pelvic floor anatomy, pelvic floor dysfunction, and how to coach people to better pelvic health. And of course, we'll be having practical strength training components to test and play with movements such as crunches, sit-ups, squats, deadlifts, pull-ups, and jumping. And we're going to have a super special guest in Calgary, my pelvic health physio, Gail Hume, who is going to lead a diastasis recti session for us. So please come to Calgary if you feel like this is something that suits you. Again, there are only four seats remaining for the day. You can head to jessiemundell.com slash pfsa-live to grab your ticket or go to the show notes of this episode to find that link directly. All right, let's get into today's show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. And today we wanted to talk about a topic that a lot of people are probably starting to think about, um, at least here in Canada with winter coming, and that is incontinence with cold and flu season coming up. Um, Do you hear this often, Jess, from your clients? Constantly. I'm so glad we're going to have this conversation and it's really coming on the heels of a cold that I've had for the last 10 days and so this is just happening all of the time for my clients and really we're recording this in October and I feel like especially for people who live out in my neck of the woods in western Canada maybe everywhere but this can last like straight on through with cold and flu season till May June. Like it's so long that it can be cold here. So these viruses are just constantly happening. So yes, let's dive into this. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to 
we wanted to start the conversation with kind of briefly about this topic. And I think what a lot of people um, think about with this is there must be one solution and there's just one way to quote unquote fix this. And it's really not the case. And so as we get talking, we're going to talk about the core and public floor and kind of different reasons of why you may be experiencing this, or if you're a health and fitness professional, why your clients might be experiencing this. So I think a lot of times um, it gets blamed on a weak bladder, um, but actually it's more to do with how our pelvic floor is working um, with the rest of our inner core system, how it's managing um, pressure in the abdomen that happens to increase when we cough or sneeze. So oftentimes you may feel a downward pressure. Um, so it's basically like how is the pelvic floor, but also the rest of the inner core um, managing that pressure so that you don't leak um, with that. So just a brief overview, pelvic floor, where it is, what it does. Um, so the pelvic floor itself, these muscles, they actually attach from your pubic bone in the front. They go all the way to the back to your tailbone and they go side to side to your sit bone. So kind of a diamond shape and there's three layers to those muscles. And so one of its jobs is to stop us from leaking urine and also stool and gas, and then also support um, the inner organs as well, the pelvic organs. Um, so if you get that idea of it is, it's supposed to act like a trampoline, there should be give in it and then also strengthen it as well. Um, and then how it works with the rest of the inner core. So then we've got the diaphragm on the top, which is under your ribs and your TA or transverse abdominis, that corset muscle around the center and your pelvic floor are kind of the three main ones. And so when something happens like a cough or sneeze, there's an increase in pressure and we want to figure out what's the best way to actually manage this pressure. So then it's not going all on the pelvic floor and the pelvic floor can't actually oppose that. Um, so I'm curious just with your clients, like, have there been any strategies that you've tried with them as a fitness professional or any that they've talked about that is that have helped them? Yes, absolutely. So a couple different things that are helpful that they have played with one being just imagining in their brains what is actually happening in that inner core system with the pelvic floor with the diaphragm when say a cough or a sneeze happens this big pressure activity so understanding that what might be helpful is that the pelvic floor is going to rise it's going to gain some tension as this big pressure, the cough or the sneeze is leaving the body. So just for them picturing that in their brain and understanding that those, that action is what can be helpful that's happening in their body when they are coughing and sneezing a lot. Because for a lot of people, they just might feel like they are blowing out the bottom, so to speak, like their pelvic floor, there's just so much pressure that they don't know how to contain it or control it. So just giving them that idea of a little bit of a lift coming upwards of the pelvic floor um, when the cough or a sneeze happens seems to register well for them. Another thing that I've played with so much over the last 10 days that I haven't actually thought about too much, I don't think in the past, was changing positions with my body when I was coughing and sneezing a lot. 
what I found really helpful was actually getting into a slight hinge or like half a deadlift position for blowing my nose, coughing, sneezing. And that felt like a really supported position for me, which I find so interesting because that's a hypopressives position that I felt like I can connect really well to. So just over the last 10 days, I've been playing with that a lot, walking as I was blowing my nose, standing on one foot, shifting more of my weight over, shifting onto the other side, hinging, just putting my body in different positions because I... I, it was just such a long illness that I knew that I needed a different stimulus on my pelvic floor, not just keeping my body in the same position from blowing my nose 15 times a day. So that's what I was telling my clients this week, that maybe that's the option that they can play with in the future. For some people also grabbing onto like using a support against their belly or their lower belly with coughing and sneezing can feel supportive to them too. And maybe that's a neural thing. Maybe that's an actual physical thing happening, but I think just that sensation against their skin and their body can feel supportive to them. So it might change the outcome of the pressure. What else you got? Yeah, no, I love all of those. And, um, the one you mentioned about like that pelvic floor contraction, are you, is it more like the neck that you're thinking or like the idea of just like a pre-pelvic floor contraction? Pre-pelvic floor yeah. contraction or even just, just, just imagining it. Yeah, yeah. Not even really doing anything, just thinking about it even. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's fantastic. Um, and I, the different postures I think is key because we are going to cough and sneeze and blow our nose in many different postures. So seeing what postures you notice, maybe you feel more pressure downwards or you may happen to leak more um, in, I think is helpful. And um, so even, I know we've talked about before, but that even idea of like that ribs over pelvis, so which is different than what you talked about, kind of that hinge position. Um, But even trying that to see if you can, if your body can access the pelvic floor a little bit easier in that position versus typically when we cough or sneeze, we kind of curl over. Um, which may make it more challenging for a body to access or pelvic floor. Not always, but it may. So just kind of notice if what positions you tend to be coughing or sneezing in and then play with those positions like Jess mentioned and kind of ribs over pelvis is another great one too. I liked how you talk about um, even just the pressure on the lower abdomen because yeah, it could just be feedback. Um, and also I know some people who also even sitting because they're actually getting similar feedback but more on the perineum so kind of on the pelvic floor that sometimes having that um just awareness in that area helps them connect a little bit better to it so some people might find that helpful as well um the knack that i was mentioning is that um just before we cough or sneeze our pelvic floor should reflexively come on just before that happens and sometimes um that reflex or that might not, that coordination might not work. Sometimes it's after childbirth, but it doesn't even have to necessarily do with birth itself. Um, so almost retraining that timing. So, you know, finding your pelvic floor. So a lot of cues we talked about, whether you're picturing a blueberry or a marble at your vaginal rectal opening, quickly picking them up. So gentle squeeze and lift just before you cough or sneeze, that would be something called the knack. Um, and sometimes that's enough to then over time retrain that reflex and not have the leaking. 
um, can be a good one. Um, and then also just to be aware that as Jess was talking about repeated coughing and sneezing, um, maybe the first few coughs or sneezes you're not leaking and it's the like five, six, seventh one. So that can be a sign, like there can be fatigue. Um, so endurance of the muscles, um, and just how often we're doing it. So you may typically not have issues with it, but because you're doing it so often, the fatigue comes on a lot sooner. Plus when you think about with a cold and flu, like your body is also fighting off something, a virus, right? So it's going to be depleted of energy as well. And so when I talk to clients about that, um, it's one of those things where sometimes people get really frustrated, like I worked so hard and, and then it's come back when I've gotten sick. Um, what I find is that they continue using whatever strategies they can. And then once they've gotten over it, that kind of muscle memory and strength and that tends to come back quicker because it's been there. But when you're sick, there's just so much fatigue um, and demand on your body anyways, that that can actually contribute to. So just to be aware, if you're trying these different strategies and you're finding it's, you're still having some leaking happening, um, to give yourself a bit of grace with it and to know that it doesn't necessarily mean this is going to be happening forever. Keep trying different things. Um, but that it may, it may last you know, the length of the virus that you're having, having just because of all the other factors compacted. Yeah, such a great point. Can I just go back to something that you said earlier on was that sometimes this leaking is blamed on a weak bladder. And is that an actual thing? So it's often talked about in that way, but it doesn't it's not really accurate way of talking about it. it's more the pelvic floor muscles and again that whole inner core system how it's working together with that pressure as opposed to necessarily the the bladder itself so it's a good point to bring up that you may hear about that especially you know light bladder leakage is kind of talked about often especially in commercials you might be seeing um, and it's not really the bladder it's more of the the other muscles um, specifically the pelvic floor and core. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because my clients still hear that from their medical providers often when talking about incontinence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, and the other part um, I wanted to bring up too is actually pelvic floor tension. And you've heard us talk about this um, before. And I experienced this, especially before my first uh first birth and I know Jess you've talked about this too that you tend to more so carry tension um so what can happen with our pelvic floor is sometimes you may hear over activation or tension it's just that the the muscles tend to be more tense um and so they may not be able to or they may not be going through their kind of full range or the that flexibility or trampoline type movement that we want. So that give as well as strength. So if you kind of picture, I know it's hard on a podcast. So if you picture a, a bicep curl, that idea you want to be able to lengthen the muscle as well as contract the muscle. And when the muscles are overactivated or tense, you may not be getting that kind of full movement that we want. Um, so for some people, it may actually be about releasing tension. And when they do that, or after they do that, um, then you might find you're not leaking with coughing or sneezing anymore, just because the muscle is able to go through um, a different length um, and contraction ability after that. So just keeping that in mind. And if you already know you have pelvic floor tension and you are 
having leaking, let's say for the first time with cold, colder flu season, to kind of piece that together that that might be contributing to it. So working on releasing tension and see if that changes your incontinence. Mm -hmm. This is me to a T and something that I have to be super aware of when I am sick, coughing, sneezing, blowing my nose is because I know that I'm probably going to feel a ramping up of tension and gripping in my pelvic floor. So again, super helpful to me that I focus on more relaxation and release type exercises during times where I am sick because it is going to help me get through it. Even maybe I'm not going to be experiencing incontinence, but it's going to feel so much more comfortable in my body. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you brought up about gripping because I think a lot of times too, especially if you start to experience this incontinence during cold and flu season or any time, sometimes a tendency and sometimes what we get told is just clench and hold your pelvic floor all the time. And going back to what we talked about with that bicep curl, like our pelvic floor, like any other muscle is not meant to be gripped and tensed all the time. It needs to be able to ebb and flow. So as Jess was saying, like gripping that you notice yourself kind of gripping. So clenching, um, to try to avoid doing that. I know it can be something you may intuitively want to do if you're leaking, but the idea of actually let your pelvic floor relax and do what it needs to do throughout the day. And then trying these different strategies um, during the actual cough or sneeze can actually be helpful. And I totally get how that can be scary or we can have some fear around not doing that gripping, especially if you have begun to leak during this illness or sickness. And then you think, okay, I just need to squeeze my pelvic floor even harder and that's going to stop it, but maybe not the best route to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, if you are trying all of these strategies that we're talking about and you are continuing to leak, you're having some incontinence during the illness, I think it goes back to what you said earlier on that give yourself some grace during this time period. Know that it probably will not be like this forever after you go back into your healthy-ish, normal, average daily life that this is just a time period where there is a lot of stress and pressure potentially on your body, on the pelvic floor. Just, let's try to reduce the fear about, I know that it can feel so nerve wracking during times like this. You feel like this is how it's going to be forever. I'm just going to continue to leak forever and ever in my daily life when I'm sick, when I'm not sick. And again, just remembering that this is a stressful time on your body Let's do what we can during this time. But if you, for example, need to be wearing a liner during this time, needing to be wearing some underwear that has some support to it for leaking, like that stuff, fine for right now too. And we'll continue to move through this period, maybe see a physio for a session or two afterwards get some strategies, keep working towards the next illness, maybe reducing it a little bit more. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 